0: Welcome to the Assembly of Silence Radio Hour. And here we are. In this episode, I indulge in a monologue that I recorded somewhere on the road. I don't really remember where I was, what I was doing... But I had this uh, rather dismal picture in my head of the overall situation that we're all in and uh, how it correlates to the various efforts that I'm making in my life, uh, including this effort right here. So, it does seem only natural that eventually the Assembly of Silence would go silent. And I don't know that I'm quite at that point yet, but this chain of thinking has been more and more prevalent lately. So it may well be the case, eventually. There's a few interesting points here. I hope you can hear over the traffic noise. It's not too long, so I hope you find it interesting. You know the drill. If you like the show, support it in any way you can. My way of seeing things, the fundamental presumption in saying something publicly is that it would be of some utility. Now, maybe that utility is merely to test one's own ideas and the degree to which one can be resilient in the face of criticism or maybe even hostility or indifference because there's a degree of risk every time we say something publicly now in my case I'm speaking to a very small number of people but in a room of 50 people it still takes some cojones to get up and say what you really think Uh, There's a lot of social pressure in, in, let's say, coordinated social systems to toe the party line, whatever party you happen to be a member of. And that's not just political party, but that's also basically wherever your bread is buttered. Because, hey, it's a dangerous world. You don't want to be kicked to the curb, so more often than not, people will say what they think they need to say in order to maintain a decent position or perhaps to gain a slightly better position. And we can't really blame people for doing that, even though it's clearly not the noblest way to go, right? It's uh, self-serving. But hey, who wants to live on the street? And as the economy collapses around us, more and more people are being pushed onto the streets. So it's not, that's not just a metaphor. That's a reality. So I think we should be very understanding when people are saying a bunch of bullshit. But of course, it's a very slippery slope, you know, and a bunch of bullshit is still a bunch of bullshit. And you could say that A society that requires people to regurgitate a bunch of bullshit in order to be able to survive is one that's not long for this world. I think it would be fair to say that that's a characteristic of Babylon, if we're going to take that metaphor, ancient metaphor, for its poetic meaning. Babylon is a confusion of tongues, and part of a confusion of tongues is when people stop saying what they mean, and when they just say what they think they need to say in order to eat another day. So those of us who are, who are trying in some way or another to speak what we believe to be the truth... In some sense, you could say, well, that's a privileged position. You know, those of us who have not yet been kicked to the curb for doing so, we have a degree of autonomy for some reason or another. Like, we're not beholden to some set of interests that would be pissed off by us doing so. Although, there still is that risk that we're going to piss off our friends and family and perhaps the, you know, the lords of the Internet at this point. Because that's where the discourse is taking place. And we're saying these things because we feel the urgency of the situation. I mean, I guess I can't speak for everyone who's trying to muddle through all this, but certainly that was my original thought, is that, well, maybe if you speak your mind as clearly as possible, you will help to clarify your own positions and also stimulate dialogue and maybe that will lead to a better outcome. A lot of maybes along there, right? But increasingly, I'm really coming to see that this is extremely unlikely. And so I'm just not sure the extent to which this exercise is worth the effort. And uh, although I admire many of the people who are making similar efforts, my sense is that The kinds of things that have happened over the course of the last, let's say, the post-war period. You can't dodge karma. Karma means action, the actions that were taken. So, what were the actions that were taken? Well... The West, but let's just say the United States for now, but in general, this is kind of the West, high on the post war period, indulged in consumerism. You could say we were seized by consumption. And without really thinking twice about it, Saw the entire world as our right to pillage for resource. And nation after nation around the world has been plunged into chaos and sometimes civil war because of the West's insatiable hunger for certain resources which have been flagrantly used in full sight of the entire world and anyone who would resist this we start dropping bombs on them you can get into the details of any particular circumstance but if you think that's not what's been happening I'd really love to hear your perspective, it seems pretty much indisputable you know, you can flush out the details on a more general level. I think John Perkins does a pretty good job in his Confessions of an Economic Hitman, where he describes the kinds of economic pressures that are brought to bear on various nations that essentially force them to capitulate, and if they really, really are reluctant or unwilling to cooperate, then we send in what he calls the jackals and things get really ugly. I mean, it's pretty ugly either way, even if it's just the economics of it, because basically they force nations into debt, and and basically millions of people get pushed into poverty with very little prospects for a decent life. This is a pattern happening all around the world, and... The nations of the West have been the beneficiaries of this crime. And I don't think we can talk ourselves out of the consequences of that by, you know, trying to change our political system or something like that. Those things happen. That's karma. Those are actions. And there are consequences for that action. And I would recommend that everyone watch a music video and I believe that this music video contains more information about the real situation that we're all living in than any fricking news report that I've seen in a very long time. What is this video called? It is called Burn-a-Boy, that's the name of the artist. Monsters You Made is the name of the track. Watch that music video. And tell me how it is that the present efforts at reform are going to address the situation that we find ourselves in. Because this is a globalized world. We are not isolated. And we have uh, committed acts, you know, at least, you know, now, you know, you can make the argument that we didn't do that, it was our government. And there's a lot of truth to that. I think that the average citizen in any of these Western nations that have participated in this type of pillaging, plundering, raping of other nations, they would not want these policies to be done. But nevertheless, they were done. And supposedly were democracies, right? Supposedly this is run by, by the people. Now, we know that that's basically not true. But it could have been true. You know, we have the mechanisms in place for that to be true. But we just didn't stand up and insist that this be a real democracy. We preferred to go to the movies. Basically. To listen to the music. To enjoy the ice cream and get another cup of coffee in the morning that's basically what we did and you know we knew that that if we stood up we would probably be killed so there's that because that's pretty much what happened to all the people who stood up but in a way like that's the price of democracy and that's the price of everything you know people die when they stand up. But that is what it took in order to found the the nation, right? It was a stand, standing up against tyranny, and people died. And then some kind of a system was established that was, you know, not perfect, but maybe better than the previous tyranny. Maybe not. <laughs> it's hard to say. So... You know, examining the alternatives here, you speak up, you lose your life for a cause. You know, particularly if you really if you gain some kind of traction, if people start following you, if, if you're if you're taking some kind of action, real political action. You know, I mean, now they can co-opt you in various ways. So secure the bag, you know? you make a certain amount of noise and you get a certain amount of attention and they're like, hey, you got, a, you got some noise going on there. Sure would be a pity to see something happen to everyone you love. How about you get a new, you know, how about we give you a spot on CNN? <laughs> you know, you can even talk about some of the same shit you were talking about before, but just, you know, ease up on a few things that we really don't want you to be talking about and everything will be fine. So, all of this is really the reason why the bottom line is that it's in God's hands because, okay, so we can make this case that we're just a bunch of cowards we didn't stand up and so now everything is falling apart and we deserve the consequences, whatever the heck they happen to be or It doesn't really matter if you stand up... Because the thing that's going to be the consequence... Is just going to become corrupted anyway... One way or another... Whether it's through co-option... Or through like... You know what happened to the black community... Right? So you had the... The black power movement... In the 70's... Standing up... Taking a kind of militant position... And then you had the forces of the government... The FBI... CIA... They just infiltrated COINTELPRO, right? Infiltrated, completely undermined and destroyed the black community. So, how effective was that standing up there? Did that lead to a good outcome? Mm -mm, It did not. So, you know, we can feel like, yeah, that's what we need to do. That's, I think, how a lot of people feel. Yeah, gotta stand up for your rights. Right? But it It really, it it pretty much doesn't work out. Like, the only way that it really would have worked out is if you have people who really know and trust each other. A lot of people who really know and trust Like, a real culture where there's really deep ties. That's difficult to break. The thing we got right now, we don't know each other. We send each other messages on these devices. There ain't no way it's going to work. Forget it. It's over. The power differential is so so complete is you know so this is why I think that the fundamental message is spiritual. This is way out of our hands. You know, I I still struggle with all this because It just dismays me to see things heading in the direction that it's going. And there is this feeling of, we got to do something. And I'm kind of a fan of the whole Unity 2020 idea. I just think it's a brilliant idea that... (laughs) I don't really think it will work. But it is still a great idea. And it seems like, well, a great idea is worth trying. And, you know, by grace of God, you never know, right? But the more I think about it, the more I see what's happening with things... There's no way. Even if it were successful, and in some ways I'm afraid that this is what's going to happen, that if, Uni- if Unity 2020 were successful, it would, it would really be co-opted. It would just be taken over from within by a bunch of infiltrators, and it would be turned into something so incredibly horrible. <laughs> it would be... You know, I think Brett Weinstein would roll over in his grave. I mean, he's not dead now, but he might be... T- In the future, when he's dead, he will be rolling over in his grave if this thing is a success. That's my horrible prediction. I hope I'm wrong. I really hope I'm wrong about all of this. You know, I don't know whether or not the effort that I've been making here has been worthwhile to anyone. I'm not sure if it's even been worthwhile to me. There's been some kind of a good process, at least for me, and I've gotten a little bit of good feedback. But uh, but certainly, you know, in some ways, you can say like the good news is that there's not a lot of interest. So if this thing blew up, then I think I'd be in real trouble. So it's kind of good that it really hasn't hasn't gone anywhere, and I might want to just kind of close shop relatively soon, because I am increasingly coming to this conclusion that there just ain't a way out of this situation, and the only thing we can do is love God with all our heart and mind, and not waste our energy trying to do something about something that we have no power to do anything about. You know, it's that old, I wish I knew the name of it, I know it's a particular prayer and I remember seeing it on someone's wall when I was a kid in their kitchen. They had a little plaque that said, you know, God grant me the, the strength to do what I have to do and the wisdom to know the difference between the things that I can change and the things I can't change. It's said much more beautifully, but that's the basic message. So trying to figure out, like... What can I do something about? What can I not do something about? You know, symbolic gestures only go so far. And as far as I can tell, every political movement is a symbolic gesture at this point. And the reality of the situation is the monsters you made. That's the reality. I hope I'm wrong Thanks for listening. We look forward to serving you again soon. In the meantime, remember, turn that thing over a few times before you pick it up and take it home.